All right, all right, all right, all right. Time for the song and dance. Uh, welcome to the sixth episode of the Gritty Fanatics. Uh, last night was really fun. Uh, you guys are just getting a cross-section of what was going on last night. We did a Zoom around 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, which went for about 35 minutes, and then we felt like we weren't done yet, so we decided to jump on another Zoom, which pretty much went into... 1.30 in the morning on the East Coast side. Um, I'm three hours behind these idiots, and I don't know how they are at work today. Uh, pretty impressed with the commitment. Uh, I love that all these guys are willing to sit there and talk shit to each other and freely give their opinions on everything sports, politics, and everything. But regardless, I think we got a good a good size of it yesterday, good test, good test size. Um so I hope you guys can enjoy this. Uh, I do want to make a quick mention. My wife has made it made very clear to me that I have not actually referred to my daughter yet by her name. I keep calling her the kid or my daughter. Uh, it is Reese Divine. And yes, she is named after Reese Hoskins, spelled the same way, R-H-Y-S, on the Phillies. So uh, if you guys wonder why it's spelled super creepy, that's exactly why. Uh, again, no sports yet. Still kind of dipping our toes in the gambling water with uh, the random golf matches that are happening. So if you guys have any ideas, don't forget to email me at grittyfanatics at gmail.com. Or you can just uh, troll me on Twitter at tfanatics or the Gritty Fanatics. We aren't verified. We're barely a podcast. But again, uh, our viewership is up to 70 now. So... Whatever we're doing, it, it's either working or it's not working. I'm not entirely sure. But I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, here comes Pat Burrell and Don Henley's Dirty Laundry. Episode six. Can't believe we've made it to an even half dozen guys. I got Ryan Cleary with me. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing today, Ralph? All right. And with us always is the killer, aka Daddy, aka Essery. What's happening, man? Doing great. Repping the East Coast, baby. And you're in your. You You look great. Yeah. Thanks. It's the handle or mustache. I'm just dripping sex right now. Feel great. Uh, I love to see that you're in your basement, not wandering around a golf course too. I think I think a lot of the fans were a little little concerned about your well-being from last week. They should uh, be. Yeah. So so guys, let's let's not bury the lead here. Let's talk about um, the final episode. So we have no more last dance. Uh, we are in a dead zone of sports and everything. So Ryan, what were your thoughts on the last two episodes, nine and ten of the of the LD? As I say every week, it's kind of depressing that it's over with. Um, you know, I'm a huge 30 for 30 guy, so um, this, to me, was the best by far. Um, just reminiscing, like, watching Jordan at his peak, you know, just even the last two episodes, watching, like, the last 41 seconds of game six in 98, where, you know, he drives to the basket, kiss off the glass, you know, uh, Jazz bring the ball down, they uh, throw it into Malone, 
him playing help defense, stealing it, uh, stealing the ball. So no Bulls player touched the ball in the last 41 seconds. And him having the ball at the top of the key and, and like hearing Robin and Pippen go, yeah, he's not passing. He passed it to Paxson the one time. He passed it to Kerr the other. You know, he was going to take the shot. And actually seeing the replay where you don't know if he pushes off. So it was like – He doesn't push off. Yeah, so – just watching that, the follow-through, um, it was just awesome just reminiscing all like Jordan at his peak. Really loved Phil not even blinking either, didn't call a timeout after he got the strip. Dude, I thought that was yeah. awesome. That was a huge win for Phil. Like, he didn't even yeah. look at MJ. He just was like – he just didn't blink. He was like, keep going, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, but would you call a timeout with MJ with the ball? Probably not, but, you know, people tend to overcoach in those situations. Ask, what did you like about the last two apps? Along those lines, uh, you know, just what I learned from it, because I already – having a brother who's eight years older than me, I grew up a diehard Bulls fan and kind of knew a lot of these things. It was nice to see just different perspectives of adulthood and how to conduct your life. So Phil Jackson definitely had an impact on me, on uh, his life philosophies. And Jordan's just the ultimate competitor, man. He's he's unbelievable. He whether it's on a golf course or playing cards or basketball, he's the greatest competitor in American history when it comes to organized sports. So for all those of you who are devastated that it's all over, I would highly recommend uh, watching 30 for 30 Jordan rides the bus. If you haven't read that yet to show you a little bit more about Michael Jordan, the rumors that he, sorry, go ahead. Do you read it or you watch it on 30 for 30? Well, there's a book also, but you watch it. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I, I got, I got mixed messages on that too. Uh, whatever, dude. I, I mean, the, the nice. Yeah, I'm on my second fat tire. I'm feeling great. It's only 6 p.m. here, uh, in Redondo. But yeah, dude, I thought they, um, they just briefly touched on this. Um, I thought they, I wish they would have done a little bit more. But dude, the Jordan psychology piece is is by far the most intriguing part of this. Like. In a couple, like you know, when they start calling the guy in episode ten starts calling him a mystic, and like how he talks about it, he's like, "Why would I worry about a shot I haven't taken yet?" Like that is like real zen. Like I'm not there. I'm definitely not there in my life. And like I, I love all of that stuff. I wish they would dive into a little bit more. Like I know that everyone makes a huge deal about how he used to um, like key in on like, "Yo, this guy made a personal. I'm gonna destroy him." Like, yeah, he needed that motivation. But dude, the 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 reverence in which all of those guys, like Malone walking on the bus after beating him, being like, hey, man, great game. Like, I don't ever think that'll happen again. That's, a, like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in because they're, like, even Barkley was like, yeah, he beat us in 93. And, and, and Barkley's just like, yeah, I have no problem losing to a guy like that. It's just, it's just crazy how much he handled all that shit in stride. Like, he didn't have a mentor or anything. You know, Ralph, you know what's funny what you said with, like, how he went on the bus with, uh, to congratulate uh, – Malone. The crazy part was after the interviews after the game. Imagine like like Jordan just does this press conference, walking out, and he has to walk by Malone and Stockton sitting there like after losing the NBA Finals. Like that has to suck. Like just yeah. watching Jordan be like, "Yeah, I just destroyed you guys." And Reggie too. Like after yeah. talking shit to Reggie in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then being like, "Hey, man!" But yeah, do they all have like they just all revere the dude in the moment, like. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like you, you'll never see that again. I think there's too many punks. I just sound like an old man on the couch now. But um, the only bad part, I want the eight minutes back on Kerr. Uh, this is not a Steve Kerr uh, last dance documentary. Um, I mean, 
that dude basically fell into one of the best assembled teams of all time in the Warriors, and then he did it back in 98, 96 as well. Like, there's nothing special about that guy. I really don't give a shit. And I really just, you know, I've, the story's sad, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to hear about it from him. What do you the think? thing I, I, I agree with you. Like, he was, what, the fourth, fifth best player on the team? Like, he got more TV time uh, than Horace Grant, who in the first – Repeat. Horace Grant was the third best player. Like that guy got no TV time. Obviously, Jordan hates him, but like, why does Steve Kerr get so much TV time? I'm in 100 percent agreement. I know, Esther. You you were saying earlier you like Kerr. Cleary's like a little tabloid guy. First of all, Jordan doesn't hate Horace Grant or Steve Kerr, and they set up the documentary for you to to realize the turning point of the Bulls' second three-peat was when Kerr stood up to Jordan and punched him in practice. And then they became super tight. Both their dads died. And then Steve Kerr breaks the 72-win record as a coach. These are all things that uh, come together in life. I do have two quick things to say, though, that are really important. The first thing was the, the other two reasons why Jordan's the best is he never bitched when Reggie Miller – pushed off and drained a three in his face and he didn't bitch at all when he got food poisoned before game six and scored 38 points nor ask for people to get arrested or anything like that he he loves gamesmanship so that's another reason why Jordan's the man and uh you know what I don't I got no problems with Steve Kerr because as a Bulls fan he knocked down a couple huge shots so fuck you guys the, the one thing with the push-off by Reggie Miller, like, do you really think Reggie Miller weighing soaking wet in one tank and push Jordan that far away? was, like, Jordan acted? I don't know. I just always was like, how was Reggie Miller able to push off? Probably didn't expect it. I mean, that, that would be my guess. Because, yeah, that was – I mean, even, even Reggie's just, like, laughing about it afterwards. That's the best part. He's like, you know, he I just lightly touched him. Call. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, all right. So, now that it's all over, guys – we got to go over winners and losers of the last dance. Uh, I can get started here. I will say biggest winner is MJ. I think a whole new generation of people are just like, wow. I think LeBron is probably the biggest loser in all this. Because even he's probably got to be looking at that being like, fuck. <laughs> like, what am I doing to my team? I'm subtweeting guys when I, I don't think they're playing hard enough. Like, like you know, Michael's like getting in their fucking face and like making them play. Like, um, I, I mean, obviously there's there's a huge gap in time and it's a different world right now, a different game. But that was kind of I thought the two biggest and winners and losers. What did you guys think, Esri? I think the biggest losers in all this were the guys who had to carry fucking Jerry Krause's coffin. That guy's <laughs> human bowling ball. <laughs> Yeah, then, uh, Krause is – I mean, the, the player empowerment where we are now, I, I understand it because, like, how the fuck is Reinsdorf and Krause ending this team? Like, that's nuts. Like, clearly, I, I don't know how they end that team in 98 like that. Well, I just watch it and you just got to be like, if you're a Chicago Bulls fan, like, how much do you hate them? Like, Kieran Jordan say, I want to come back. Like, it's ridiculous that you want to do everything in your power. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't think Scotty Pippen would resign. I don't care what, like, Jordan was saying. Uh, he was just so underpaid that he was just, I'm out. So, um, but, you know, you don't know. And, uh, and the director, I think a big winner of this was director having the tablet reaction where he'd have MJ watch these people, like, give interviews and then just, like, now I know Jordan's boys, two of them were EPs on this documentary, so he's never going to come out looking bad on this, but, 
dude, the, I love that. They got to start putting that in the documentaries. Instead of like reading someone back a quote, like actually showing a video. That's why I think Isaiah Thomas is a huge loser on this too. Cause um, yeah. you know, when, when he did Reinsdorf, he's like, no, Reinsdorf told us that if we went 82 and 0, Phil was still gone. Like th that's like such a real response. It's like, I don't care what you said afterwards. I care what you said before. I think that was like, I think that tablet thing is awesome. They, they got to start doing that in docs for sure. So Ralph, I have like two more winners and losers for you. Go for uh, it. I got Scotty Burrell because he's a head coach for, he's a winner for, I, I, what is he like central Connecticut? Like that's the best like publicity you could ever get. Like I didn't know idea he was a head coach of a basketball team. Like people probably will want to go there now. Um, the last dance soundtrack. I don't know about you guys. I thought it was straight fire. True. Uh, Another one for the director. That's very true. Uh, the music was phenomenal. Um, then losers, Jerry Sloan. Everyone thought he was like a great Hall of Fame coach. You lose to the Bulls when Jordan has the flu game. You don't take advantage of that. And then you lose when Scottie Pippen, like, could barely get up and down the court. Like, every offensive play, and I would be going after him every single time. And then defensively, I wouldn't even guard him. Like, that last play, Jordan has the ball at the top of the key. You have Rodman and Pippen on the court. Like, why are you even guarding Rodman, and why are you guarding Pippen? Like, yeah. how are you not send a double? Dude, that, that – when he – when Jordan uses a falling – Pippen's falling like an old man in a bathtub trying to yeah. set a pick, and Jordan Jordan actually uses it to his advantage. Like, how are you not like, oh, that guy's injured. Like, let's let's change our game plan around. It's it's unbelievable. It's, it's fucking yeah, embarrassing. You, you guys alluded play. to it before, man. You guys alluded to it already. Phil Jackson's the greatest coach of all time. He didn't give him a chance. He didn't call timeout. You're you're losing to a guy who won 11 championships and you have zero. Well, I, you Perhaps. watch the play. You're just laughing. Like Antoine Carr is like guarding Robin in the corner. Like why is like why even guarding Robin? Yeah. Like, how are you just not like jumping up and like double teaming Jordan? Like the fact that there was no double is ridiculous. That's bad. That's really bad. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it for me on The Last Dance. I'll probably watch it like three more times before the NBA comes back. All right, guys. Quick break in the pod right now. Just wanted to give you a quick shout-out to McGillicuddy's of Upper Darby, of Tinicum, McGillicuddy's of Maniunk. I mean, Christ, I don't know how many there are but they are an unofficial sponsor. I'm going to keep talking about them. And don't forget to catch Essary Shift at Manoa Tavern when it opens back up. That is right on the corner of Westchester Pike and Manoa Avenue. Uh, just go in, say hi. We will be doing a live podcast there from somewhere at some point. But until then, uh, enjoy everything that's happening on the pod. Thank you so much. We did get some good news. Um, this week, it sounds like the NBA is going to come back in Orlando. Um, they're going to do these like crazy bubble towns. And, you know, I think they're going to figure out that it sounds like the, the, the owners are in three camps. There's ones that are like, you know, what the fuck are we doing? We, we, we already flattened the curve. We're not waiting for a cure. Like, let's get back. And then there's someone on the other side, like no way. And then there's like the middle camp, but it sounds like it's, it's the LeBron's getting involved now in Chris Paul. So it sounds like it's going to happen because the players want to play, but, uh, I don't know how that affects gambling. If they're going to do a full season, I know I got a couple over unders in play that aren't going to are going to be happening. But like, what do you, what do you think of this? Clear? Like, what are you looking forward to with? Uh, I guess I call it the new NBA. I mean, interesting. I mean, part of me doesn't want. I guess I wants the season to come back because 
I like Brett Brown, but I just don't think he's the right coach for this team for the Sixers. So uh, we were talking last week that the uh, MA, uh, the boxing or, or whatever you watch, MMA, where there was no crowds, so you can hear like the strategies and all that. So I will just love to hear Brett Brown's strategies with no crowd. Um, so we can finally get rid of them. But other than that, uh, it's just, it would be good to see live sports. Um, hopefully the Sixers can make a run. Like I don't want to show on Brett Brown too much. Like they have so much talent. So, um, but Embiid being what, two months off, that, that should be scary. Oh, like, he's going to be so out of shape. Fatter than me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So you looking forward to the, I'm, I'm hoping that like, because there's no crowds, we're going to get better camera angles, but I'm not really sure what else to expect. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, man, I'm pumped about it. It's, I'm a diehard NBA fan. I even stuck for it for the early 2000s when it was horrendous after Iverson left the Sixers. But this, uh, I, I'll be interested in one guy, Ben Simmons. And uh, to Cleary's point, you know, a lot of people hate on Brett Brown, myself included. I think it's more Ben Simmons than Brett, than Brett Brown. So it's clear that Joel Embiid got fat. That's, that's going to be inevitable. But Ben Simmons should be hoisting Jays every single day, just like he should have been his rookie year when he broke his foot, at least learn how to shoot a free throw. So if he's still after this is the same, you know, secondary player, I'm going to be pissed off and they're not never going to win a championship with the combination of him and Embiid. Uh, so it's a jump on your back. I think. The fact that Brett Brown asked ben, uh, ben Simmons to take one three a game and then didn't take another three after that. <laughs> so, so that's my point. You'll, like you yeah. said, you'll hear what Brett Brown says in his stupid Boston accent telling him to shoot it. Yeah, that's one part I think either Simmons wants the fuck out of Dodge or no one respects Brett or like a mix of both. I don't know. My, my two hot takes on the NBA coming back, uh, we were talking about earlier is, I think Markel Fultz thrives. The beta cuck that he is, um, who can't play in front of a crowd, uh, is going to start playing really well if they're in like a bubble, isolated environment with no crowds. I, I just, I, I have a feeling that's going to happen. And then the last one's more of a tinfoil hat scenario. But if they successfully build this like NBA bubble town, I guarantee some company sprouts up somewhere who starts building them professionally. Like, and it's just going to be super wealthy people. It's just going to be like bubble towns. Like, yeah, everyone, no one's allowed in without a test. It's super safe. Uh, that, that's my thought. Those are the two things that are going to come out of this. Fultz is going to come in on a fucking stud. He's going to be like a 20 and 10 guy. <laughs> I like both those predictions. You know it's going to happen. I, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. But as we get into the projections, why don't we get into the one thing we can actually gamble on this weekend. Um, we're now calling these daddy's picks because of Essary's third-person daddy nickname from last week. Can't imagine why not. Um, so, so S, here are the two things we're going to talk about. We got Manning and Tiger, Team Geek, at minus 160. And then we got Phil and Brady at plus 235. Same odds as DJ and Rory last week. Uh, they made it a lot interesting. You know, we ended up not winning that. But, you know, at minus 235, you're paying a lot. I mean, that basically came down to one hole, even with that Matty Wolf just being like an annoying little punk. Um, who do you like? He Why stinks. do you like him? Yeah, he does stink. So who oh, do you like? Just... Who does daddy like? Where are the daddy dollars going this weekend? Oh, the daddy dollars are getting tight here in the quarantine. <laughs> so I've been taking it a little bit more seriously. 
So just for Cursor last week, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much steadily buzzed, if not severely buzzed on all these podcasts. I, I love expect Dustin nothing less. Johnson. And I, I didn't even know Dustin Johnson was playing with Rory. And I'm quite honestly disappointed in Dustin Johnson for playing with that fucking Northern Ireland piece of shit. But neither here nor there. Uh, I, that was the right side to be on. I mean, the guy was wearing shorts. You can see how low it's hanging. The guy's a G. But if you look at uh, this matchup for this weekend, I, I clearly like Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson more as people. Tom Brady, for most of the people that don't know, was an awesome baseball player that batted lefty. Phil Mickelson is lefty. Um, I, I like to swing it left-handed and try to break 100. So those are my guys. However, Tom Brady's learning a new offense with the Bucs. Uh, he's out with Bruce Arians. They're probably drinking a little bit. Mickelson's probably fucking destroying the cupboard every day, ordering takeout and uh, drinking wherever he wants. And while the two nerds, Tiger and uh, Peyton, are just taking it super serious and practicing golf in their backyard nonstop. So smart money. You got to load up. I'm, I'm actually going to put down 200 of my own hard-earned dollars for Tiger and, uh, and Manning. Manning. I, and, and Phil beat Tiger one-on-one a couple months ago, didn't he, in, in, in extra holes? Yeah, but, Ruff, you're, you're stealing what I was going to say. To ah, go ahead. Sorry, man. Go ahead. So I love that S3 went that direction because I'm obviously one money last week off him and <laughs> looking to do the same this time. So obviously Phil and Tiger, even though I'm a huge Tiger. I was drunk. Yeah. I'm a huge Tiger guy. Uh, but when you think of Peyton Manning, what do you think of? Uh, he's got a huge dome uh, and he just remembers a lot of plays. <laughs> I think think it. I think I think of a phenomenal fantasy football quarterback. And when it came to pressure, a guy that just choked. He was 0-4 versus Florida in college. He sucked in the Super Bowl, even though they won against the Bears. He threw that pick six against the Saints. And he was god-awful in the Super Bowl against um, – who did the Broncos uh, beat? Uh, Caroline. Oh, yeah. So, I think – so I think when the, when the game gets tough, you know, it's going to be Brady, you know, Phil and, and uh, Tyree go back and forth. It's going to come down to Brady versus Manning. And, you know, Brady's going to use a marker with one of his six Super Bowl rings. And, you know, Payne's going to shit his pants. And it's going to come down to Bra- uh, Phil and Brady winning and Phil hitting bombs down the, down the fairway. All right. All right. So now we're, all right, we're, so we're split. So I'm the, I'm the tiebreaker here. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like, I feel like Tiger, a Tiger is probably angry enough that he lost to Phil the last time and is looking to get back at him. I'm going to go Tiger Manning. I do like your case, Cleary, but I feel like Tiger is going to go fucking crazy. And, um, yeah, I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take it plus them plus 160. So I was, la- I was wrong last week. You were right la- the week before I got an in-house bet for, for the gritty fanatics pod right now, though. All four of these guys agreed to play the fifth hole of this on Sunday with one club only. So tee box, fairway, putting, all one club. It's a par five. So which club do you think they're going to pick? Which club would you pick, Cleary, right off the top? Uh, well, I suck. Um, so if I was them, I'd probably use a five iron. It's like an easy 
you can putt with it. Um, good golfer would use that. Um, me, I would just, God, I, I suck. I would just, I don't even know what I would use. Probably a five. No, five, five is a good call. S, what would you use? I, that is a good call. Um, I don't know if I doubt any of these guys carry a hybrid in their bag. Uh, so I would use the four hybrid because I hit it nice and I have good touch with it. Um, for those guys, I think that the right play is probably a seven because most of them hit it a lot further than any of us human beings. And th- you're three shots to the green, you make par. That's a yeah, I bet, I bet Phil and Tiger are probably 210, 215 with a seven. Um, I'm, I'm a human being. I'm much closer to 160. Uh, so yeah, that might make sense. I got to go, I got to go with a five, uh, a fiver myself, just knowing it's probably like a 180 club for me, 185 club for me. Um, but yeah, if they can get it there, I mean, their approach shot, how close they get it to the, to the pin is all that matters for them. Right. So they need something with a little loft. Um, I'm just going to breeze past the hybrid thing because professionals don't use hybrids at all. (laughs) Daddy hits his four hybrid and deuce 25, so it's all good. That's a son club, that, not a daddy club. That For sure, that's a son club. Um, oh, all right, so then that's what we got. So you're saying, all right, so 5-5, five, five, and then you're saying 7. So if you win this, I'll, you know what, I'll, I'll throw I'll, – I'll put 10 on it that they go with a 5-iron. You're, so you're going to say 7? That's the club you think they're going to use? Tiger and uh, Phil? Yeah. <laughs> What happens if they use a six? Nah, you know what? It gets pushed like a skin match. Yeah. I'm going seven, like Costner, Tin Cup. Got it. All right, all right. So then let's – all right, sports are done. We have really nothing else to talk about except Memorial Day is coming up starting tomorrow. (laughs) Cleary, you are headed to Sea Isle. I I need a full report next week from you what Sea Isle in a pandemic looks like. I can't imagine the OD is a safe place to be. But – um. Just tell me what what are you uh, when are you going down? Like what what's the game plan? And it sounds like you're you're potty training while you're in Sea no, Isle. That sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> no, so as we were talking, like what we were doing Memorial Day, I was saying we're going to Sea Isle. Um, but yeah, so we started potty training the first day quarantine started. So just give you a little background. So we actually went. Esther was there. We went to Nashville for a bachelor party. So Allison said, all you have to do is read a book. And she emailed to me about how to potty train. Obviously, I didn't do it. Um, she asked me when the twins were born to read a book of like daddy, daddy's guide to raising twins. Didn't do it. Um, so we're now, so I read the book because she was giving me so much shit. And we are two days in, Madison fully potty trained. Great. So now we're at, what, week eight? So just to give you an example of how horrible it is, uh, Braden today uh, pissed his pants before lunch, uh, <laughs> gave him lunch, put, clean, was clean lunch, and then Madison comes running, Braden poop, Braden poop. I'm look, looking, like, where did he poop? I'm looking at him because there's no underwear on. Shit's all over his leg. Go clean him up. There's poop all over the cushion. Clean him up, and then, then he's pissing. So th- this is where I hate these books. They tell you to read. So you got to give him a treat. So as he's on the toilet pain, he goes, oh, can I get a treat now? So now – I'm trying to figure out, like, all right, how do I bring this kid who's not potty trained down the shore to my parents' house? It's going to be a nightmare. So I'm not looking forward to it one bit at all. 
Um, but other than that, I, I'm just wondering if the bars are open. That's going to be a great question. Um, I know they opened up the shore, so it should be interesting to see if, like, the OD is open, if my favorite bar, kicks is open. Um, what about ca- but- a carousel is your spot, that mid-Saturday load that you always tie on? I mean, that, that's, that's where you hold court, right? <laughs> No, I, I, I've actually became a kicks guy because it's kid-friendly. You just let the kids run around like animals, and it's the best place to go to now, like, at least I think it is. Clearly has fraternal twins, for those of you who don't know what he's referencing there. So that, so the, the girl learned how to – was potty training two days. The kid's still shitting all over the place eight months later – or eight weeks later, sorry. You know what's the best part about it was Spratt was potty training his son at the same time. So we used to exchange text messages for like three weeks of like whose kid was shitting worse, like all <laughs> over the house. But it stopped after three weeks. So either his kids potty trained or we put him back in diapers. And I was just too embarrassed to continue to send the pictures. Uh, that sounds disgusting, but also hilarious. Uh, S, what are you up to this weekend, man? Well, as clearly mentioned, 69th and Pleasure, where you used to stay in Sea Isle. Kicks is easily the best bar down there at this point in our lives. They have an outdoor bar and a pool and all that good jazz. And, Cleary, I'm sure you'll be able to get some of your favorite slushies down there at all the bars because Barnaby's was kind of late to the party and every bar is doing it. So you should be able to get a 302 to go, I'm sure, at a lot of bars down there. I'm jealous. I don't have anywhere to go down the shore. I'll be hanging out in Havertown doing yard work like a giant pussy and uh, have a barbecue scheduled for Sunday evening at the crib. Nice. Yeah, clearly. I need to take take as much mental notes as you can for this because I want to know exactly what Seattle looks like because uh, I still got to figure out my trip home. And if 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 things aren't open, then I, it's it's just not fucking worth it to hit the shore like that if it's like a, a bad version of itself. Uh, yeah, it's it'll be, be popping, dude. There's going to be butt cheeks for days down there, dude. Oh, Ralph, hold on. I, I got to give one serious shout out for his landscaping company that do a phenomenal job. But Thanks. I have a I have a question for you. So Esri came at eleven, and like I had a lot of work that needed to be done, and so I bought them pizza. So if you buy somebody pizza, and give them water bottles, would you leave the pizza box plates and water bottles on the person's front lawn after you do the job for them? I feel like decorum would would prove out that you would take the trash rather than leave it at the person's lawn. <laughs> yeah. Well, Esri was so grateful that we bought. My wife and I bought him pizza that he left the trash all on our front lawn. <laughs> I thought this was going to go into, like, do I leave a tip after buying them food? But it sounds like this went a whole other direction that I'm really happy about. Esri, anything you want to say to defend yourself on that? Fuck Newtown Square. Okay. <laughs> and that might be it, guys. All right. That is a wrap for episode six of the Gritty Fanatics. <laughs> Fuck the Tigers. Um, all right, man. Enjoy, everyone. Enjoy your weekends. I want a full report and a couple quarantine stories of Memorial Day for next week, guys. Um, we'll check in soon, and, and make sure you put those bets in for the game on, for the, the golf match on Sunday. Cleary, you got any last words? No, thanks for having me. Awesome. Esri, end on a high note. Fuck Newtown. You're good. <laughs> thanks, guys. Peace. <laughs>